Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Today, I am with uh, not only Emily Dean, but also Steve Hall has returned. Good morning. Hi, uh, Steve. Steve Hall in the house. Mm. See how many buildings I can get into one. <laughs> um, okay, so um, welcome back, Steve. It's always a joy to have you Thanks. on. Delighted to be back. I always get quite jealous when I listen to the cockerel. Oh, yeah. I, I sort of wish illness upon him. Oh, my goodness. Do you really? Have you got a, a, a cockerel who you stick pins in at home? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I met up with him before. A real one? I, we had dinner on the Friday the other week before oh, the night before. I was socialising with a cockerel. I'm not sure about it. I didn't, <laughs> deliberately to, I didn't know the staff got together behind my <laughs> back. Why weren't we invited? Well, I was, trying to, I was trying to make him ill. I was trying to, just trying to cough on his food while he was... Oh, <laughs> his back was turned. People, people just go, oh, they don't want to hear It's people it. coughing on their food at home. <laughs> I, also, I've... Um, I've had a disturbing week. What's happened? Disturbing. Do you ever read a book that genuinely upsets you? I don't mean, you know, like, I don't know, Camp David. No. Uh, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like a, a, a novel that oh, you yeah. find... Oh, I read, I read um, The Road by Cormac McCarthy this week. Oh, yes. I'm familiar. I was properly, <laughs> I mean, properly upset properly disturbed and it was affecting my you know the, the way i reacted to other people i became bleaked out which i think is a title of a charles dickens uh, so it's a bit it's a bit I cried in fact i, I properly cried it, it's what it is it's like post nuclear um i suppose it's america that's never made clear oh right okay uh so it, it's a father and his son trekking across a post nuclear wasteland Oh, lovely. Yeah. You know, that's a bit of cannibalism. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you think, oh, it's a book. I can't tell you. The, if you. I don't know. I mean, I'm a big book fan, but I, I associate crying and getting upset more with um, films. Mm. Are, are you crying all the way through? Or is there no, any, no. In, any individual bits? like a particular Well, obviously, I, I mean, spoiler alert, but, I mean, uh, uh, towards, <laughs> the, towards the end... Um, Oh, I just, I lost it. It's, and it's quite difficult really? to read when you're crying. Yes. Well, especially Tears on the Kindle, I won't yeah. tolerate it. Is, is tears this... on my Kindle, <laughs> in my heart. Is I this because just... you, 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 being a child of the Cold War, did the nuclear panic? <laughs> I suppose it made me think, you know, let's face it, this is... Um, I, I, I don't really anticipate... Uh, I mean, I know uh, North Korea occasionally throw their hat into the ring, but I don't really antis- anticipate nuclear war anymore like I did when I was growing up. Uh, uh, yeah, I think of it as a bit... I, just, I suppose it made me think of Broken Britain, if I'm going to be absolutely honest. Mm. And then I started thinking, what, where, did it, where did it all go wrong, Broken Britain? And I think I've nailed it down to um, a documentary that was on in 1969 called The Royal Family. All right. Have you ever heard of it? It was fly on the wall sort oh, of gosh, um, documentary yes, about one... the royal family, in which at last we were allowed to see them as normal people. And after that, British society collapsed. And, and was it the Duke, it was the Duke of Edinburgh and a young Prince Charles walking through a nuclear wasteland? It was. <laughs> if only that would have been brilliant. I bet they were wearing kilts. They were always wearing kilts, weren't they? Oh, it was documentaries. Yeah. They loved about, a kilt. Talking about the goons. Yeah. <laughs> well, they love a goon. Oh. So. Um, yeah, I think that's where it all went wrong. Do you know that two-thirds of the population watched that documentary? But it's never, ever, ever been repeated. And the theory is that the royal family watched it and thought, <laughs> we've made the worst <laughs> mistake. <laughs> now people think we're ordinary people. 
all sense of order in society will break down. And they were spot on. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I've now, I'm now reading um, Doctor Who and the Loch Ness Monster, which I, I really needed to read something that wouldn't upset me so much. But I, I would like it's, to... Can I just say it's been hoo 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 this morning? Sorry, Frank. But I, um, I didn't... Uh, it's, a big, it's a big night tonight. Uh, is it? What's well, the night? It's the second part of the series begins tonight. Oh. Um, so, I... Uh, I can't remember. I think, <laughs> I think 101 Dalmatians, I think I cried at a book. Oh, did you? Oh, any... I tell you, I have a big issue with literary animal deaths. I've never cried at the big issue. No. <laughs> I mean, that's so, a tremendous social conscience on your part. <laughs> now, I... Um, well, we come to this. I'd like... If anyone else... I think it's quite weird to cry at a book. I, I think I cry at yeah. films a lot, but, but if anyone... If, if our readers have, um, have ever cried at a book, just text us what book it was, and I'm, I'm going to see how many teary books I can read um, on on the trot. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've had a fantastic response to your what books have made you cry recently. Okay. Text in. In fact, we've had so many that I'm losing track of them all. Frank, the road is horrifically bleak. Accidentally took an ex-girlfriend to see the movie on a first date. I, having, I can't face the film now. Having caught <laughs> only a snippet of a good review on the radio. Whoops. Although we did go back to her place straight after to prove we were both still alive. Great success. Well, you could call that having one for the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I think it sounds like it's worth getting on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> What a what a strange yeah. response! I didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Some people that uh, go to the the physical places, some people get a doctor and a lot less monster. <laughs> you have to, you need uh, some sort of convalescence after this book. Clearly, mm. we, we've been, what, we've been warned. Five four six has warned us that uh, Doctor had said Frank Doctor Who and the Loch Ness Monster is pretty teary. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's deaths in it. Certainly, there's deaths galore. Four three seven. I'm still spoiler alert. Four three seven, Les Liaisons Dangereuses wept like a babe. What sort of a babe? I like French I like. babe. <laughs> Does that mean they read it in French? Presumably, they, they, wept, like, they wept like a pig in the city. Yes, if you're familiar with that form of babe. Oh, I see. <laughs> and what Les Liaisons Dangereuses? Yes. Is that that same film that um, John Malkovich? It's exactly that same I film. I seem to remember that being wall to wall filth. <laughs> <laughs> And I cried. It was a little bit blue. I movie. cried, but it was nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> I cried for what for what what had been lost. I have a real problem with yeah. I think I was saying earlier it's about animal deaths. I can't cope with. Okay. That's what's always made me cry. Even sometimes, I mean, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, Aslan. I can't bear that when he's slain on the stone table. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a twist in the tale there, though, isn't there? Well, there is. I didn't understand the, the sort of religious metaphor, though, that was going on here. I've never read any children's books, you see, because I only read comics until I was 21. Did you? And, yeah. Oh. So, um, child, um, well, actually, the Dalmatians thing I read uh, in retrospect. I love the film so much. That you call it the Dalmatians the, thing? Yeah, did, the Dalmatians. Did, did you cry at any comics? Um, oh, no, I don't know. I cried in, in 1986 in Roy the Rovers. They killed off most of the team. In a in a horrific way, and there were only five survivors. And I remember, <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it was it was cr quite controversial at the time. I remember crying my eyes out about that. Oh blimey! Roy Race was one of the few survivors. <laughs> if anyone remembers, that. I thought I thought he might get through. Otherwise, the <laughs> yeah. whole comic title would fall to pieces. Anyway, well, we started very sad today, but I am. What, yeah. what else? What other books? Uh, Two seven eight. Morning, Frank, Emily, and Steve. I remember crying when reading the Jungle Book. 
That's a uh, debt from Dave. Mm. I, I cried That's at... That's a strange um, thing to cry at. I saw um, Lady in the Trap. Oh, 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 oh. And um, that bit... Did that make you cry? Where you think the Scotty dog's dead. Oh, right, OK. But again, it was, a, it was, another, it was more resurrection imagery from the, uh, from the children's uh, books world. <laughs> and uh, he comes back in, in bathed in light. Mm. So, oh, it's, it's turning to a lovely yeah. Easter yeah. thing. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, three, for that. F- three five one uh, cried to we need to talk about Kevin, and then said with hindsight reading it whilst trying to deal with postnatal depression <laughs> following the birth of my second son. Not a good idea. No, I think whatever you'd read <laughs> in yes. that in that state. Well, I hope you're better now. Who's that from? Uh, that's from three five one. Three five one. If I can speak to you um, <laughs> <laughs> intimately by number, <laughs> I, I hope you're better now. Cause that's a, that's a terrible. Thing. Okay, well, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to tear out the whole nation. No. But I'm, I'm interested in that. But I tell you, can, the road. Okay, I can't. It's brilliant, but don't read it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Talking about books that make us cry. You are. Um, no, I think the, the entire triumvirate are. Oh, actually, yeah, I sorry, think you're, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I just had a flashback to my school days <laughs> for a minute. Something that happens often. You've just mm. revealed off-air something that made you cry, which makes me feel so ill, I can't even go there. Yeah. Um, 315. <laughs> Frank, it wasn't the Scotty dog and Lady in the Tramp, it what? was the Bloodhound. My two-year-old makes me watch it once a week. Isn't it terrible when something like that happens, when something is a significant thing in your life, and then you find out years later that you've remembered it wrong? Mm. That happens to me so often. I mm. could have put money that it was Lyndon B. Johnson who was shot in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I only found out two months ago it was... Is that right? I remember... I, see, I thought I remembered the Scotty dog with his um, paw in a sling. No. It was the blood down. Look again. No, that was one of those funny videos of yours. <laughs> Perhaps it's been redrawn. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, the, the Scotty dog got it was seems a bit racist. A, there's a director's <laughs> cut of Lady in the Trap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what a, by, by a Scottish director. <laughs> well, I will not have that dog almost killed. <laughs> but, hey, Jack, we can change it. Well, you know what's as of my contract. Complete control. But, Jack, this film's iconic. Um, well, let's ask the frozen head. Keep the frozen head out of this. <laughs> I love Jock, the director. Um, in case you don't know, um, Walt Disney's head is... Um, yeah, I do, but Walt Disney. <laughs> <sighs> Um, he's cryogenically preserved, Walt Disney. Is he, really? he is, yeah, yeah. 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 That's oh, what Simon yeah. Cowell wants. As I wonder well. if they kept the tash. Because <laughs> yes. he's going to look a bit old fashioned when he comes out with that tash. I liked his evil villain moustache. Be, if he, he realises it's out of fashion, just go freeze me again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, I can't it, freeze it, the world. They'll like be back. This. Just freeze me until he comes back. <laughs> That's what I said to my surgeon last week freeze me again. <laughs> Um, we had another text in, and I can't remember. Oh, six seven one fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. I read it on holiday in Lanzarote, and thank God for sunglasses, as lots of tears shed. See, I thought, I honestly thought people didn't cry at books. Really? I thought people cried at. Um, although a friend of mine told me that he cried at Jane Eyre. Oh yes, that's very sad. 
But I, I thought films I cry all the time. Yeah, books. I've, I've only cried at one book, which is The Unfortunates by B.S. Johnson. Well, the clues in the title, yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it was called The Fortunates, then that's going to yeah, be a yeah, happy read. Yeah, I was, read, a, fool, I was a fool to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Emily wrote actually The Fortunates as a biography. Yeah. Oh, B.S. Johnson, which is which sounds that uh, he. he, uh, he uh, committed suicide in 1973 at the tender age of 40. Oh, Spoiler alert. And, uh, <laughs> but he'd written a book. Well, for people who are reading the biography of B.S. Johnson. Which is uh, called Like a Fiery Elephant by Jonathan Coe. I imagine he talked quite a lot of Robbie. <laughs> the name like B.S. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've read the B.S. Uh, Holly Walsh, when she was on the yeah, show, yeah. she, uh, she um, bought me a, a B.S. Johnson. Did she oh, buy you Christ- Christy Mulry? Did she buy your Christy Moore? The, the, the double uh, the Christy Moore's own double entry. That's it. That's I don't like the, the sound of that. Typically, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have. The that first time I ever Friday. first time I ever gigged with Holly, uh, she said she she watched my set and said, uh, "Are you a fan of B.S. Johnson?" And, oh my god, she's tried it on we, with everyone. We the bond, B.S. Johnson. We over B.S. Johnson. Well, yeah. she bonded yeah. with Frank, so that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, well, she's, uh, she spreads uh, B.S. Johnson's thing. <laughs> anyway, it's get, this is getting like the book show now. I felt we'll need Marielle Frost drop in a minute. I'm sorry if we've alienated any uh, anyone in a two a t shirt. Yeah, sorry Don't about worry. that. We'll be talking about Zeppelin <laughs> quite soon. <laughs> Listen in. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Let's talk about Prince Harry, actually, Frank, because he's We need to talk about Harry. We do. He's had, that made me cry. Well, this will make him cry because he had a bit of bad news. I don't know if you saw, um, but I always think with Harry, he never had William's dashing looks, but what he always had in his arsenal was, at least I've got the hair. Mm. You know what I mean? He wasn't the heir to the throne. He didn't. He wasn't. He quite wasn't as the handsome. heir to the throne, but he was the hair to the he throne. He was Frank. <laughs> he had that lovely bushy ginger crown. Yeah. And no more. I, I'm I'm glad that ginger has been spoken of as a, in a positive way. Why? Because it's starting to look like um, um, my child is uh, is going to be. Uh, be you know my the child. By you, know, you know my child, boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's looking like he's ginger. Lovely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I've uh, I've decided I do as well. I've got a bit of a weakness. Yeah. It's. I think it's the Damien Lewis thing. I, I love. I love uh, the redhead. You could get Buzz from work as a Harry lookalike. Mm. Who knows? I could at the moment actually, because he's he's still quite bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry's thinning at the crown. There was a photograph taken. That's of him. ironic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only kind of thinning I won't tolerate, to be honest. But he he's thinning at the crown, and he was. I felt quite sorry for him. He was bending over. Did you notice it? Did you see any of the pictures? It's only a yes. small amount of No, thinning. you can see this. It's, yeah. it's going all right. I told you about that friend of mine who was going at the crown and didn't know. No. And he leaned back on the two <laughs> two legs of his chair and he felt the cold of the wall <laughs> against the top of his head and that was when he knew. What a time to find I out. I suppose it creeps up on you as a man, yeah. doesn't it? Would you, do you reckon Charles is there going, now that he's definitely going bald, Charles going, you see, that's my boy. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not Hewitt. <laughs> well, yeah. Can we just say we never thought for one second? <laughs> on anything was different. I like the pe- the newspapers contacted a hair loss expert to discuss it, which mm. I liked. And this chap who's called Asim Shamalak says um, that sounded a bit racist, but it wasn't. I just don't know how to pronounce his name properly. I like that he said the signs are not good for Harry. Which oh, was quite hard. But he recommends... That sounded racist. Yeah. That sounded like he'd just thrown some bones onto the floor. <laughs> um, I, 
I, I, I can't feel sorry. I mean, genuinely, I have, I have sympathy for a balding man. Do you? Steve's looking yeah. at me. I can't yeah. look at him. I can't look him <laughs> in the eye. Well, I, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm a balding man. Yeah, but for whereas the, for, for the listeners, you know, but you, you know, you've got <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. That's a lot of courage. To you're speak a married out. man, Steve. Indeed, yeah. Well, like, Are so you you're suggesting right. that's well, an it's achievement? Like, it's like I got married and my hair gave up. Well, that's it, all. It what held you did, on for you, you rushed to get married before it disappeared. <laughs> that was wise. But if you're, that's a what pr- William did. If let's you're be a, honest, yeah. But if you're, a, well, if you're a prince, though, mm. it's not. You can look like anything. You're going to get girls. You know what I mean? That's celebrity. I mean, I'll give two words to uh, Prince Harry that might cheer him up. Greg Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. If you're famous, it's all right to be bald. If you aren't, it's an absolute disaster. Really? But listen, certainly, (laughs) if you're going to be bald in a profession, being in the royal family, I mean, you can wear hats all day and every day. Yeah, but the thing is about crowns is often they don't have any middles to them, which is the bit that you want covering. (laughs) What he what he needs to do is co- he needs to convert to Judaism. That's what he with that with his hairstyle. Well, I'd, I'd, like I'd, to, I'd get Easter out of the way first if I was you. But uh, I'd like to know his moment that he realised because that's the moment you realise you're a balding man is always so, so with your friend and touching the metal on the back of his head. For me, it was I was walking down a street uh, and a nine year old kid shouted at, shouted at me, "Ooh, forehead!" Oh, really? Oh, it's a cruel way to find... I reckon that Harry found out from the papers. I think it was like that. It's like when people get dropped from the England squad and they say, <laughs> I was found up by a journalist. Yeah. I reckon that's how it happened. Or when I've been dumped in the past. Because who, <laughs> <laughs> who looks at the back of their head, you know? It's... Uh, God, him yeah. and William, they're going to look like the Mitchells. Give <laughs> <laughs> them 12 months. One of our readers, actually, mm. Frank, 865, yes. has texted in to say, Hello, Frank, I realised I was losing my hair while in a petrol station. The CCTV was filming the back of my head, so I did something the royals can't do, and I had my head shaved. In the uh, middle of the petrol station. Yes. <laughs> he was Britney Spears, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that, that's another shocking way to find out. That would be great if that was just from Britney randomly. <laughs> How lovely that would be. If we could get a uh, Lindsay Lohan and maybe... Um, Maybe a thingy now. What's he called? <laughs> Who's the Who big star? Oh, Kid. Bieber. Bieber. Oh, he's, in, he's got in trouble oh, with that, that monkey. a terrible senior moment there. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened with that monkey, Frank? No, but he's gone, he's, he's gone the same way. He's, he's, gone, he's, he's gone a bit balmy, which is... Yeah, uh, he's gone a bit wacko. I know Steve doesn't believe this. Steve thinks it's all publicity. Yeah, well, it's, it, yeah, I think it's... Uh, they, we should tra- say, so he was, he was trying to struggle Try, a Trying monkey. to take a monkey as hand luggage. Yeah. Now, he knows. Oh, like everyone hasn't done that. Yeah. I mean, for a start <laughs> they've essentially got four hands. Yeah. So that's too much <laughs> for a starter. You can't take a, a, an animal. And all, it wasn't even in a cage. It was just it had just been wandering around. It was on a private plane. You can do you can do whatever you like on a private plane. I was on a private. Trust me, I've been it, on one. You can do whatever you it's like. It's a strange thing that he's, he's basically gone now. Pop stars. There's been one famous pop star who was renowned for having a monkey that he, he hung around with. Yeah. Uh, and his career isn't blotted in any way. No. I'll, I'll copy I think him. he's. I think he's chose the correct characteristic to go for. Though. If you're going yeah. to pick a, a, a Michael Jackson peccadillo, for yeah. God's sake, go for the monkey. <laughs> so he's done well there at least. Yeah. No, well, even on a private jet, or as they said in the tablets this morning, a primate jet. I loved it. Oh. <laughs> they have their moments. They st- they've still got it. Pretty I just, uh, I don't know, I was on a plane once and we could hear a dog barking in the hold. <laughs> oh, dear. No, I didn't know you could have living animals in the, in the hold. You could oh, hear they do it. put yeah. them in the hold, I thought yeah. it was freezing cold down there, though. Yeah. yeah they're, meant bar- to, they're meant bar- to be, uh, to, to be fair, it was a husky, control. that's why. 
Climate control for, in for the... the... For the animals. I've, I once saw a, a three-legged dog getting unloaded at Melbourne Airport. You sure and that it was the a photographer happy... getting off a plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carry on. And it was the happiest-looking thing. It loved it. It loved its little adventure in Melbourne Airport. Yeah, well, this we were all distressed. This dog sounded like it was having a terrible time. What can you do in the hold? You can't... I thought there was a hatch through. There isn't. Mm. You can't go down into the hold like going down the basement. Can't so you? So we just said, no. Oh, how do so, you enter, then? I think you have to comf- you have to get out and... Oh, I haven't got time for all that. No, time is money. You'd have to land. Frank, another reader. Have we got time? Two, yeah, keep 294. Going. Hi, Frank. Some years ago, I was in the bank waiting for the cashier, looking at the CCTV, another CCTV, okay. and trying to figure out who the bald bloke in the queue was. No, that can't be right, can you? I've gone the, the full number one. Then I realised I had a stocking <laughs> over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, carry on. Um, I've gone the full number one Clippers route now. It's the only dignified solution. Great show. Thanks for cheering me up. Does Emily go for the follically challenged gentleman? Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Never leave a pause like that again. Does Emily go? I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have a seat. Well, I'm not... The shame tent's not an option for me because... um, why one not? Minute, because one minute you've got a shaved head, the next minute you're wearing uh, an England shirt for social <laughs> occasions. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. So now, Frank, shall we, uh, shall we take a trip? Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Hold on, let me get my button. Here we go. Everybody, email corner. <laughs> Communal singing, there isn't enough of that on uh, commercial radio. I like the way Steve sings it in a slightly threatening way. <laughs> sure, I, what about if we do the show one week and we do it, um, all the music, we just do it live ourselves? <laughs> Not just do a, a Gregorian chanting of email calling. We can, do, we, can just, we can stick to the playlist, but we'll just sing them. <laughs> I think that'd be fine. I think that covers, as long as we don't repeat anything. I've got a bell here for Mumford and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't be doing There's, some, there's some dog salivating at home now as well. <laughs> well, I could just eat a bit of dog salivating. Oh. oh. Carry on. <laughs> uh, we've had an email. No, it's a, it's a food stuff. It's like lemon zest. Oh, is it? Yeah. Heston Blumenthal's a big fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder when he found out he went bald. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I know imagine. What? He was oh, looking, looking at a cooking appliance. Look, looking into saucepan. the. You know, the, the glass. Uh, Sorry, you know the glass door on an oven? Frank got so excited about when Heston Blumenthal <laughs> realised he went bald, he actually moved his chair no, away what I did, I had such a realistic image in my mind of an oven, I had to back off a little bit for the heat. Now, but he, looked, he was looking to see how the sausages were doing, and he thought, yes. hold on, I, I, I don't think I'd put uh, a large uh, cantaloupe in the oven, did I? Not with glasses on. Oh, what? <laughs> Oh, my God. I've got a question, like Beyonce, question. <laughs> Did he decide to don the glasses? They're, like, they're quite character glasses. I'm a mm. big fan of Heston's, I should say, but it was the glasses post-baldness, <coughs> would you say, as men I reckon, in that situation? Yeah, I think post-baldness, po- post because I reckon he saw himself in a ladle and, it, and in the, the, con- the concave of the ladle he, he looked like Humpty Dumpty. So he thought, thought the glasses will give him structure. He looks like an intellectual Humpty Dumpty. Yes. Yes. But that's not bad for a cook, surely. Yeah. <laughs> you could sneak in amongst the eggs and play tricks on the on mm. the kitchen staff. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know um, if you're listening, Heston. When did you realise you can't make an omelette without being a broken egg? <laughs> no, exactly. 
Um, so, yes. We're well, in email. Corner. email corner. <laughs> We're in email corner. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Richard has written in to say, Dear Frank, the Divine M uh, and Al, uh, you mentioned Tupperware recently and you, were oh, yes. and you said you were surprised they had it in the States. While doing my degree at Central St Martins in the early 90s, one of my lecturers... Now can, pro- I, can I say, I, I didn't say the States, because only <laughs> terrible people call America <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Only people who've never been call it that. He said that. <laughs> Do you think that? I was a bit judgmental of me, wasn't it? it Why was. should everyone go to Whereas the States? Whereas terrible people was completely broad-minded. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, well. He said you were surprised that they had it across the pond. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have it in the Big Apple? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in San Fran. Yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> I uh, like Frisco. <laughs> well, uh, while doing my degree at Central St Martins in the early 90s, one of my lecturers, now Professor Alison Clark, gave us a whole hour on Tupperware as she had done her really? PhD on said subject while at the Royal College of Art. She even went and lived with a Tupper family in America where everything was preserved in said plastic containers. I recall her mentioning them still using a month-old half-onion that had been in the fridge. What a cracking lecture that must have been. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Two interesting yeah. points there. Um, I'd like to be at the funeral of one of the Tupperware family to <laughs> see um, what the casket was like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it slightly see-through? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't want to see the cadaver like like an apple. You know, you can see the apple. And those kids that brought their own lunches at school, you could always there was always an apple. It was an apple <laughs> for lunch. At no point during lunch do I think, oh, I'd love an apple. <laughs> what, one of those tasteless things with, like, a hard stalk that they leave on one end? Forget oh, I'm sorry. about it. I guess why I don't cry for them, because I had 70s dinner party leftovers in my lunchbox. Yeah, but at least they didn't have an apple. That's better. I, we, you know what? I think we're going to have to come back to the top of it. It's a terrible place to break. I feel mm. this is... Uh, Amateur radio at its very worst, but we have obligations to go to the news and all that. So, first of all, adverts and uh, get the kettle off. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, and I am with Emily Dean. Yes, that Emily Dean. <laughs> and Steve Hall is guesting. For us this week, but you're such a reg. I can't even call you friend of the show now. You're basically squad member. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, you've got a, you've got your number. Does that have a, yeah. a jingle or a song that goes with it? Squad <laughs> <One> member. <laughs> That's it. We're still working on it. <laughs> Strangest jingle I've ever heard. Well, I liked it. Yeah, it's in its it's in its infancy. Mm. Let's say that. I cut you off. Uh, Steve, you uh, mid email. Oh, sounds like my father. We were, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was saying that to me only the other week. <laughs> new, new readers who've tuned in during the news. People just switch on for the news and say, I'll hang around for a bit, see what's happening, and then I'll uh, get the lawnmower out. Well, here's, here's the thing. Um, I was talking about Tupperware a few weeks ago and how I yeah. thought it was a fabulous invention, one of the great iconic things. Sadly underrated. Mm. And I love the moment when you open it, it goes... <laughs> <laughs> and um, someone sent in an email that they, their lecturer did a, what, what, a dissertation on top uh, of it. PhD on the subject. Fantastic. Well, in fact, this is where I slightly smell a rat. Our better, our better arguments were absolutely airtight. Yeah. <laughs> you smell a rat, not I in the Tupperware, no, please. No, not at all, but with this email, because he, he, he mentions the name of, of the woman, Professor Alison Clark, and it turns out that if you, if you Google Professor Alison Clark, she's got a book out all about Tupperware That's called think. Tupperware, The Promise of Plastic in the 50s. Mm. Oh, so, so you think this could be from Professor Alison well, Clark? Well, it's, it's from a bloke who calls himself Richard. 
No, I oh, think true. I think it's perfect, Nick. In Don't fairness. be so cynical. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I've cheated Tupperware on the onion front because I've, what do you got, mean? I've got half an onion in the fridge as we speak. Oh, how could... That's barbaric. It's going to make everything else yeah. reach. It sounds no, no, deeply but, euphemistic. No, what I've done... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at her. I bet she's got half an onion in the fridge. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, now, what I did is I had uh, a, a pasta sauce um, tob... Oh. And I, I cleaned that out and I put it in there. Oh, and you were so lucky. I, it must have been a snug fit, that onion. Oh, it and fitted. It oh, it's half, it half onion. I wouldn't have got the hole in. No. The half. <laughs> it, was snug, it was shoulder to shoulder in there. <laughs> I, wouldn't have wanted, right nice. I wouldn't have wanted to put, say, a chaffinch in with it. No. That would have been cruel in the extreme. <laughs> but um, And also, when you took the corpse of the, t- the chaffinch out, it would have the rings of the onion pressed into the feathers. That's mm. that's that's not how you want them to go, but yeah. So I didn't. I I I, I recycled. Oh, little tip there for anyone who's trying to save the planet. Obviously, that'll be girls at uh, secondary school. I don't think anyone <laughs> else cares anymore about. Do you? Ever, well, they, people read the road and then they're happy to see the whole thing finish. I just think you know, it's it, it's it's the sort of thing you're interested in as a project at school. <laughs> but I don't think many adults are into the uh, global thing anymore, are they? It's died out a bit. <laughs> anyway. a, mes- a message of hope for Easter weekend. There, <laughs> there yeah. you go. But I, but I recycle my um, pasta tubs. Where does, um, it, where does it go, this... Um is that the end of that? No, it, 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 he carries on. Uh, he says uh, that uh, Professor Alison Clark, top quality author... Uh, oh, God, she, such uh, a plug. Man. She also oh, yeah. also said that uh, about top sellers from Tupperware parties in the 50s winning cars, uh, and it was a fascinating and slightly worrying insight into the almost cultish aspect of what is just a plastic container. Well, I think just a plastic container is a bit unfair. The well, grip. Yeah. Also, the Steve, can I just go back to the book, which Steve dropped in there? Steve's doing, like, the PR for it or something. <laughs> I think he's in... This is like You Say We Pay. It's some scandal. <laughs> come out. Do you think oh. anyone ever cried at that <laughs> Tupperware book? <laughs> Maybe which, when the onion came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. That, that apparently, Tupperware was featured. The Museum of Modern Art in New York in 1956 featured Tupperware. Really? Yeah, but I think, part of an exhibition. I'm glad to hear this because I think it is an underestimated. I don't. I don't think I could live without it. Tupperware. Mm. <laughs> can't live with it. Can't live with it. Exactly. That's the sort of relationship I've got with Tupperware. Yeah. It's love hate. Mm. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're still in email corner. Well, we have, but we've heard from a few of our readers. Oh, that's OK. We can, uh, we, can, we can throw in text call. I think there is a text annex. Yeah, OK. email corner. <laughs> I like being in there. 546, I've got what is turning out to be a long-standing disagreement with my girlfriend who thinks that I've got three of her best Tupperware lunchboxes. I haven't. I'll be quoting it's just a plastic box next time it comes up. Thanks for the ammo. I d- can you not say it's just a plastic box? It very much isn't. Oh say they were big in the 50s. That's what you should say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There, dear Frank, Emily and Steve, there was a children's show called Eerie Indiana in the 90s, which was a bit Twilight Zone. They had an episode with a Tupperware coffin. Oh! Uh, there were Stepford Wives in there that never aged, that is all. Yeah. Good show, Eerie Indiana. I think Gary Cole. I think that was... Who, who, Not who, Gary who played, midnight, who played Midnight Caller. I wish it had been Gary Coleman. Oh, that would that, that, explain the Tupperware coffin. <laughs> yeah, well, very It's much. just a normal sandwich box. Wait, you remember Um... He's dead, isn't he, Gary Coleman? He is. I shouldn't be talking about his coffin disrespectfully. Can I say I meant no respect to his, his profound and deep <laughs> sense? He, n- he, never got the, he never got the money back off the parents. 
Just saying. No, I know. I know. That's a terrible story. Awful. Uh, well, what was Willis talking about? Did we ever <laughs> find out? He should have called his autobiography something connected to that, the guy who played Willis, shouldn't he? He could have just called it what did I was talking an, about. Did he write an autobiography? Well, he would have now, yeah. wouldn't he? Well, he's, he's one of the few surviving... Is he still around? Yeah, he's the one who's... Because the curse of different yeah, strokes. Dana Plato departed too early. Well, when they call it the curse of, isn't it just time passing? I don't know what, what age they died oh, but they, they did, yeah, the curse oh, of different yeah. Dana Plato was only the, 35. The drugs she, as well, yeah. yeah. What was she, she called? Dana Plato. I love that Steve knows that. Yeah, he's, Steve, he's, he's a... He's her, a <laughs> her parents are obsessed with Eurovision winners and philosophers. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. That's chapter my, seven. My son, Abba Wittgenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brotherhood um, of Man Spinoza. <laughs> Never quite... <laughs> Katrina and the waves <laughs> can't. That's what I've heard. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh, Frank. Hey, um, is it time to go on to email? Yeah, email two. Come on. Okay, here we go. Come on. Brace yourselves, I everyone. I mean, come on. For the Aeneid. That's um, that was what um, I written. Uh, happened that Harry was at the barbers and he says going a bit thin on top sir I mean come on <laughs> watch it <laughs> that's what I think happened there the, the barber thought oh god I wish I hadn't said anything there. how awkward hello Frank Emily and Alan sorry about that Steve I mean <laughs> just watch it that's all <laughs> oh Harry's the fr- the completely lost it in the barber the little leather friendship bracelet rattling around on his yeah, wrist yeah exactly greetings from Wolverhampton not my words, clearly. Let's move on. But the <laughs> words from Sue. Um, Frank mentioned his lack of belief in fainting recently. Yes, no such thing. I too it's never... It's a choice. Fainting, it's a choice. That's what my book's called. <laughs> <laughs> I too never believed, but I did have an experience in my 20s where I think I fainted. Perhaps you can tell me if this was the real deal or not. OK. At the time in the 80s, I worked for MAF. Now, I think that's the... Ministry of Agriculture, yeah. Steve, uh, over to agri- Wikipedia. Agriculture, forest, forestry and fisheries. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Wikistevia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd been on a near-starvation diet for a month. Okay. Lovely. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I was sent out early one cold winter morning to a farm in North Yorkshire to take temperature readings in chicken sheds. The sheds were hot and dusty. I spent four hours there and then went wow. to get blood before going back to the office. Hold on a minute. <laughs> this is the holy trinity of fainting, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't eat for a week. I gave blood. And, and obviously spending time in a hot chicken shed. That, that brings yeah. it up. This isn't Cormac McCarthy, I not it? With this yeah. Why didn't she go and see One Direction live? <laughs> she was, this woman was trying to faint. <laughs> On returning, I had to give a verbal report to my boss, a professor, lovely man and stereotypical boffin. Oh, let me guess. Is it Professor Alison? Writing her... These are all emails from Professor Alison Clark. Currently available on Amazon. This involves standing by his desk and talking him through the data. I didn't feel well, so twice or thrice I said, I think I need to sit down, but he didn't hear me. Eventually, my knees buckled. My feet stayed on the floor, my knees just buckled. I heard my head hit the filing cabinet on the way down, but felt no pain. So her feet were still on the floor, but she heard her head hit the filing cabinet? Yes, 
As soon as I hit the floor, I heard my boss ask. She you- went down like one of those. Remember those things that used to be on a stand and you pressed the bottom <laughs> of it? Like it used to be a giraffe and they used to just sort of collapse. The legs would just go. Wow. As soon as I hit the floor, I heard my boss ask, Are you all right, Susan? So my hearing was fully operational. Uh-huh. I wanted to say. Very scientific. But couldn't speak. Yes, I just prefer the view down here. So my sarcasm button was fully functional. Yeah, uh, you see. No Having never but- believed in fainting, I still don't know if I fainted, mainly because I could still hear and be sarcastic in my head. Frank's opinion may help me decide That's well my you. opinion is i've, I've been listening to several hours of mm. chicken shed temperature data <laughs> you collapse through boredom <laughs> this is frank skinner absolute radio 052 has texted in and yes. suggested yes. um a tearjerker book champion the book about bob champion and Alderney winning the Grand National. Oh yeah, I don't. Um, I I yeah. I was thinking of novels. No, really. I think I think so non-fiction. Count. There's also probably quite quite a lot of them because there's a lot of terrible tragic I, stories. I do like the reminder of Alderney because that takes me back to a time when horses were celebrities, which I like. <laughs> and they're not cele- Why did horses stop being famous? You're right. Red Rum. Shergar, remember those guys? Desert Orchid. Desert Orchid. Yeah. Name me one famous horse, celebrity horse. Well, there's the last probably people years. who could, but they're, 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 people could text in loads of famous horses there. But the yeah. truth is, they'll be horse racing people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because every now and again, you, you hear, and I, you know, I used to because my dad was mad on horse racing. I used to know quite a bit about it. But you hear now things like the greatest racehorse <laughs> of all time. Um, mumble envelope. <laughs> and I think I've never never heard of this. Well, it's Red Rum. Horse. Whereas they, they were household names. They were cele- they were actual celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yes. Of course, they're household foods. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but yeah. They were showbiz horses. You're right. And they're not showbiz anymore. They're not. People well, didn't know. They've been knocked off the front page. There pages. was always one famous horse. We um, had Arkle. Yeah. Arkle in the 60s. Arkle, yeah. Um, Brigadier Gerard. <laughs> Do you know that one? Am I, am I going obscure now? Shergar was probably the last big name. I would say, no, Red, Orkin, I would yeah. say yeah. Red Rum was like Justin Bieber. The amount of coverage <laughs> yeah. he got, yeah. honestly. Well, it was the graduate. The, Didn't he go missing? Something bad happened. A bad thing happened. I to, Red to, Rum. To, yeah. No, no. no I, I did a corporate with Red Rum. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I did a corporate with him. Uh, a very demanding rider. I think it was. (laughs) Yeah, he was. I made him get off again. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's absolutely true. We... um well, Lee, Lee Mack used to be a stable boy, didn't he? Lee, that was the first horse that Lee Mack ever rode, was um, Red Rock. And I once walked, right? walked past a pub in, um, in Smethwick, where, I, where in. I lived. <laughs> And someone had written on the wall, Red Rom, and then underneath it they'd written Murder. Because you know Red Rom was Murder yeah, yeah. backwards. Oh, but what yeah. I liked about Shining. that was obviously someone in the pub had said, well, of course you know Red Rom's Murder backwards, and the other person couldn't visualise that, <laughs> so they had to go out and write it on the wall. <laughs> Times have changed. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. You know, we were talking about uh, celebrity horses. Or the fact there aren't any. There aren't any anymore. (laughs) No. There weren't any past about 1985. But 132 uh, has suggested Frankel, the greatest flat horse ever, has just retired, Frank. But this, I think this proves your case, really, because Mm. I've heard of Frankel, but he's not a household name. He or she. Well, not according to Mark, who said Frankel hyphen ledge. 
Well, yes. Fra- yeah, fr- well, Frankel was big in Australia. That's it was. Oh, maybe it, Frankel it, Ledge is one of the lesser known uh, monsters that was created. <laughs> yeah, Frankel Ledge. He was a bit scary. He used to hide on shelves. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, he's 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 you know he's not. He's now Aldenity. He, no, he's now Aldenity, and he's now um, Red Rom, and he's now. Yeah. He's and that's because because Frankel's Australian. The, the the famous Australian horse is Far Lap. Yes. Which is the you know is, is in the Museum of Melbourne. Well, his body's in the Museum of Melbourne. Oh God! But his he's, heart's his, his heart is in, in Alessandria. His heart's in Canberra, I think, and I think his brain might be in another um, Australian thing. Some bizarre wizard. No, I his skeleton is somewhere, and his body's. I, I remember stare, I stared at his body for ages, thinking, "Where did they take the skeleton out? There are no marks," and I thought they couldn't have possibly. <laughs> got it out. They, they couldn't. Have. You know when they used to put um, all the parts of a, a grand piano through a letterbox on just a knockout. <laughs> they couldn't have pulled. Um, they couldn't have pulled its skeleton out of its bottom, could they? Without leaving any marks. Oh God. This puzzled me for some years. I used to dream of walking past the police horse and going, woof, you know where people can take a shirt off, take someone's shirt off when they've still got their jacket on. <laughs> and suddenly the cop was just sitting on a brown beanbag. Mm. So anyway. But, but Fra- Frankel is the reason, but me and my wife, we were going to call our firstborn son, if, if, if we indeed we had a son, we were going to call him Frank after her granddad. Yes. Uh, but then Frank, it would have been Frank Hall, which... And he would have been half Australian, so we can't wow. call it. So we, we're calling him uh, what? Red Rum instead. Then we could have said Fra- Frankel Ledge. But your wife's Australian, isn't she? Yes. So that would have been perfect in a way, because yeah, the she horses... is. But she's very bright. <laughs> oh well, fair enough. You know, a... I can say that I'm half Antipodean. Oh, I love the sound of your wife. I have to. Say. No, I, um, I, I I take the point that Frankel is he's famous. He's a, a very good racehorse, but he's not a big celebrity. He just isn't. Exactly. He's not going to be in the bizarre column posing with Gordon Smart, is he's he? Not, I, bet, I bet you he's I never... He's going to be doing a corporate with Frank. No, I bet you I never do a corporate with Frankel, even though the billing would look great, Frank and Frankel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not accepting that. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, Frankel, if you're listening. That, so, someone's one three twos texted in to say Frankel's English black caviar's the Australian one. So my entire basis. Oh, for so that. you lied to us. Then. I got it completely wrong. Makes me wonder. No, we're always on about how knowledgeable. <laughs> well, Steve Apedia is. I have to say that nickname is hanging in the balance. Well, once you called him Steve Apedia, he started having <laughs> wrong facts on him. <laughs> so maybe it's actually perfect. There's been, there's been some malicious editing. I had a terrible moment with. Um, Faye Toza when I said so you're really keen on trampolining and she said I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) as if I'd said something quite um, rude to her and it was on was that on your chat show darling no it was on a it was on a a quiz show but um, she she looked affronted that I'd suggested that she'd trampoline Mm. I mean you know wasn't that's a good thing to say about someone isn't it it's particularly p- peculiar that someone would be so offended by it. Yeah, it implies no, you know, there is some truth. I would have just As lied you can to help imagine, you out. I had, I had hours of funny trampolining jokes lined up. <laughs> I bought her a sports bra and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was wasted. This is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Some of you might listen to this show and Steve Hall's on, and you think, I can't. Well, but yeah, but what? What does Steve Hall do with his week? We, we don't hear enough about <laughs> what Steve gets up to, where he goes. That's what you're thinking. You're thinking he's an interesting guy. Maybe I can learn. Yeah. We need a Steve's Week jingle, really, Frank. You need to... Come on. You're okay. good at improvising them. <laughs> Steve's Week. 
I just, I just worry oh, that... Sorry, that, I misspelled that, W-E-A. Yeah, it, it does sound more like a review <laughs> than, than a jingle. I love being in the deep south. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as you were... Paul Robeson version. Yeah. Poor Judd is dead. You can hear the suffering in that. Yeah. That implies I've just been badly beaten up. Why, well, why is he taking such a shearing? Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve. Come on. Tell us about well, I've, had a, I've, had a lo- I've had a lovely week. Uh, OK, there I, you go. OK. There'll be another anyway, episode <laughs> of I was on deal or no deal. No, we'll get to that in a minute. No, I, I had a, quite an emotional uh, weekend last weekend because it was I went to uh, the uh, Teenage Cancer Trust gig at, at the Albert Hall, uh, curated by Noel Gallagher. Uh, and featuring uh, Damon uh, and Graham from Blur. Oh yes, I read mm. about this. And so it was the great thawing in the uh, uh, in the Britpop wars. Oh, it's yeah. interesting that because I I'd, I'd for- completely forgotten about the whole Blur yes. versus Oasis yeah. thing until it was over. Yeah, it was very nineties, yeah. yeah. wasn't it? You don't get those kind of rivalries now, do you? you don't get no. sort of Coldplay versus who would that be? Coldplay versus Keen. Can you imagine yeah. that as a, as a big? No, no more rival. famous horses. No more great Britpop rivals. No, exactly. We need, we need to engineer Frankel versus Black Caviar. You could have Catherine a... Jenkins versus the Archangel Michael. <laughs> <laughs> the rematch. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you get Nicki Minaj versus someone. She seems quite an argumentative soul. <laughs> If you yeah. ask me. But you don't get... I, I can't think of a rivalry no. like that, can you? Well, they, And that's the thing, the enemy will often try and create... That Liam Gallagher will say something mean about someone, yeah, uh, but it'll generally know. get ignored. No. I'd say One Direction versus Frankel. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you went to that. And, uh, on, well, it was, and which it was, camp were you? Well, I, I was neither camp, because they were both brilliant bands, so it was always a bit of a non... It was a kind of a nonsensical thing, the Britpop Wars, because they're both fantastic bands. And the, the reality of that, that year, 1995... Robson and Jerome were at number one for eleven weeks. Wow! Uh, combined in nineteen ninety-five, so there was there was no there was a sort of fake war because there were just loads. There was loads of really good music. Who would have thought that would culminate in extreme fishing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that that does sum it up. When people talk about Vienna, that was a fantastic song, but kept off number one by um, Shut Up yeah, Your Face. Joe Dolce. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think justice was done there, but never mind. Uh, and so it was. It, it was well, that means nothing <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was lovely they did tender together and it was a a genuinely moving moment but unfortunately that had been preceded by 20 minutes of, of uh, damon albarn being damon albarn uh-huh. god bless him he's my absolute favorite band blow but he, he likes he likes his ill-advised side projects and so it was him he gets graham, quite experimental yes it was him graham and paul weller noodling with a sort of jazzy soundtrack while a poet from the 60s who looked incredibly like Wilfred Bramble, huh? uh, was in a tank top, was kind of going, oh, war and bombs and teenage trust. Who was it? it was Michael like... Horowitz. Was it really? Yeah. I thought it might be. <laughs> I think, I don't know Michael Horowitz, but he did a gig at my dentist's. Oh, did he? And my You've den- got quite a showbiz dentist, My dentist you? has things like alternative cabaret and art, and art exhibitions in his, um, in his waiting room. Mm. And uh, my... Uh, my uh, Girlfriend's sister Rachel, mm. who I think of as my sister-in-law, um, she bought um, one of his paintings, and he. Oh, um, did she? she said, "The thing is, I'm on my um, bike," and he said, "Oh, it's all right," and he gaffer taped it to her back. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's a bit of a character. 
<laughs> so where was the giga? I it think... was at the Albert Hall. Oh, it's a, it's a, a whore of it? It's a whore fest, <laughs> this anecdote. Oh, well, it was, it's, one of, it's one of the great things oh, about I'm seeing... worried Michael Horowitz is going to turn into the Milton Berle of this week. I'm just worried he's going to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. it's, one of, it's one of the great things about being at the Albert Hall for a gig where, where it's indie bands, is, is people who've, who've gone because it's a swanky place to see a gig, and mm. then they're horrified Lovely. by the behaviour of, of particularly uh, some of Noel, yeah, <laughs> the Horovitz, the Horovitz at the end of Fox now. And so people were throwing glasses oh. uh, when Noel was on. People were plastic glasses with, with liquid in. And there were some oh, people who God. were clearly appalled by the fact that there was any of this behaviour going on. But it, it reminded... I, I had unwisely... I'd, I'd made the mistake... I'd worn one of my nicest jumpers, and I'd forgotten... I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it was for Fred Perry. Yeah, it was so a friend. Yeah, of course yeah. it was. Yes, of course and, it was. And uh, I'd forgotten that you know the the, the liquid lottery when when some, when, a, when a drink hits you at a music gig mm. and you think it could be beer. Yes, don't or it, say it. It could be something it never else. Never happens yeah. to me. They can't reach up that high into the box. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I had to, so I thought, well, I, it doesn't matter. I'll enjoy the gig. And, and I thought, because often the lot, you only discover the results of the lottery sometime after the gig when, yes. you, when you're a- able to smell your clothes again. And I thought, I, so I had a sniff of a jump. I thought, oh no, I've got away with it. It's just beer. Uh, and then my wife gave me a hug when I got home oh. and went, oh dear lord. Well, and, you're and, lucky. And it was the other thing. You're lucky. It wasn't Miss Dior. <laughs> Perfume. Oh. Hey, what about if she smelt that? She'd never believe that was thrown over at the gig. That's yeah. what they should do at gig. They should spray um, perfume on men and get them uh, into trouble. What I'm about that for a <laughs> ruse? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you enjoyed it, though. I absolutely loved it. it no, was, well, uh, he, but that's the thing that even when Damon is being uh, difficult, uh, he's always interesting. I, I've got memories of him how do you on think fantasy vo- football. How do you think his voice yes. goes live? Uh, it, 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 it don't, you know, he does all right. I mean, th- th- thankfully he was letting Michael Horowitz do most of the singing. Okay. So, oh, so, and, so even no, someone singing badly that, was a relief. That's a sentence that. has never been spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Damon being a bit peculiar on fantasy football. Yeah, so I remember him being a prat. <laughs> oh. I remember him reading the NME. Yes. And drinking a bottle of red wine. Get over it. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Emily Dean and I'm with Steve Hall. We've just had this text in. Par example. Par example <laughs> from uh, Vanessa. Hi, Frank, Emily, and Steve. Is it Vanessa Hodgson's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's a name just... I see on the Mail Online. <laughs> I'm so delighted that you know her. She's in your lexicon, your sphere of reference. I saw her, Vanessa Paradino is modelling for. Uh, is it H and M? Oh, I thought that was Vanessa Redgrove. I, no, I was going to buy that range if it was Paradis. You say you get over Johnny Depp. You model for. <laughs> H&M. <laughs> Glad you didn't could be say worse. H&M. It could, could be H&E, mm. which is a health and efficiency magazine. <laughs> a naturist organisation, which is all we had in the 70s. Oh, that and the Grattan catalogue. Mm. Hi, Frank, Emily and Steve. Great show as always. Not sorry about the praise. Not sure if this has already been a suggestion, but what about a whole series showing Frank heading off to Los Angeles to pursue his American comedy career called Frank, He Goes to Hollywood? Yeah. I quite like that. Happy yeah. Easter, three ninety four. The title's all right, but the, the the level of despair. It'd be right up there. <laughs> it'd make Cormac McCarthy feel like Willy Wonka and the. Is Frank. it Willy Wonka or is it Charlie? I've always been very confused about that. Can you imagine the voiceover? Frank's meeting did not go well. Is it the book that's Willy Wonka? The book is Charlie. Charlie the book yeah, is Charlie. Yeah, yeah. The film is Willy Wonka. Yeah. 
Frank, Ridiculous. what about Frank's meeting did not go well? It's going to be awful. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Can you imagine that? Oh, no, I've had some really productive <laughs> meetings with some people out there. We're waiting to see what happens. Got a couple of things in the pipeline. Oh, can you imagine it? Meanwhile, Frank's manager is arguing with the promoter. <laughs> no, oh, that, that show is not, not going to happen. happen. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is a place in Birmingham called Hollywood that that show could happen. I'm still waiting for Frank Skinner's North Korea. I've heard nothing. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Apparently You've been so good a, on that. there's been a bit of a hiccup this week, apparently, with them declaring war on South Korea. <laughs> you get on with people, you'd win him round. So that's that's why um, Aid Edmondson is wise to the Yorkshire Dales. Who, who are they going to declare war on? Mm. Anyway, uh, we were... Steve we Sweet. Steve Sweet. What else did you do, Steve? Uh, well, it was, it's been a cultural extravaganza, because I, oh. I, I had never seen... It's, it's, it's often quoted in the top 100 films of all time, Charlie mm. Chaplin's Modern Times. Yes, of uh, course. And they did a screening of it with a live orchestral score. You caught it late. I caught it very late. Yeah. So, 77 years <laughs> okay. after it was first released. With a live score. Carl with Davis? Carl Davis, indeed, yes. He's, he's made a living out of uh, live score. <laughs> I've been to... I went to one of those. The Albert Hall again. Uh, this was the Royal Festival. Oh. Another hall. Uh, <laughs> is that what you do? You go he to only halls. halls. All week. I, I yeah. tried. Is your real name Hall, or do they call you Steve Hall because you <laughs> go to Hall? Everything about him is Hall. His favourite yeah. book is Radcliffe Hall. Yeah. He'll only read Hall based. Toad of Toad Hall he likes yeah. as well. Jerry he? Hall yeah. he was engaged to. <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my real name's actually Steve Auditorium. <laughs> oh, what, amazing. So, okay, so you went to see that. Uh, and, Brilliant. Uh, I, having never seen it, I got. We, me and the wife got. We were, uh, having talked about crying earlier, we got very emotional. Uh, at there's a bit at the end, it was absolutely fantastic. And then Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, and then this is at, at the end, Carl Davis points to the screen and a photo of Charlie Can Chaplin. Can I stop you there? Oh. Can I stop you there? I went to see. Um, I can't remember which Charlie. The one with the blind flower girl. Oh, that narrows it down. City, City Lights. Lights yeah. Yeah. I went to see that and Carl Davis came on at the end and he pointed at a picture of Charlie oh. Chaplin and everyone applauded and I cried. Oh. Ah, well, that makes me feel all right then. Yeah. That, no, that makes me feel like he's turning out the same old trick. <laughs> it was slightly yeah. different. I, I had no idea he was dead. Oh. <laughs> and they didn't break it to me gently. They just, you know, I mean, whoa. I was thinking I'm going to start watching these films on a regular basis. <laughs> no, but I did exactly oh, that. That's, that's great. You two was... are like two peas in an edamame. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm calling you. It, it was so fantastic. There were kids. There were little kids in the uh, in the screening, and as they left, they were all doing the tramp walk. Really? Uh, it was fantastic. But there's a thing in that film I'd never. I'd I think they have never seen jeans. that film. There's, the fact that there's a cocaine joke. In a film made in 1936. Can I just say that? Absolute radio. <laughs> don't even acknowledge the existence <laughs> of cocaine. No. I didn't. I don't remember that joke. There, can a, you tell us off air? Yeah. I will not have a cocaine <laughs> joke on this show. We've already played Lost for Life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it was turning into some sort of opium den. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Have you ever seen Circus, the Charlie Chaplin? No, no. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever seen is Charlie Chaplin on a tightrope with a monkey biting his nose. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. It's very Justin Bieber. <laughs> and, but you can see he's properly biting his nose and they've thought, just let it, just yeah. keep, keep the camera on. And it's live. Anyway, there's probably enough Charlie Chaplin. I saw the cabinet of Dr Caligari accompanied by live percussive dulcimers. <laughs> 
Did you? Anyway. You, two, you love a bit of Chaplin, you two. I tell you who's had a bit of a week this week. Who? You. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I watch you on the telly. I did have a little TV appearance this week. I, can you imagine? I've been burning to talk about this experience for so long. <laughs> I feel like I've been injuncted. I feel like... Because obviously, spoiler alerts, Frank. Oh, yeah. You can't say anything, can you? We should say that you were on Deal or No Deal. I was on Celebrity Deal or No Deal. So obviously, yes, I'm sorry, I forgot the word celebrity. <laughs> yes, thank um, you. You know, someone tweeted me and said, I thought it was for celebrities. What were you doing on it? Well, that's lovely, isn't it? You know what? Haters going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, so, so obviously you couldn't talk about it no. because we're not supposed to know the result. You didn't even tell me the result. I didn't. I, I think kept... we can... Should we say the result Yeah, now? we can say the result now. What about if people are watching it on VOD? Oh, it's fine. It's been a week now. So it was Jonathan Ross's Celebrity Deal or No Deal, and it was a charity that I'm kind of involved with as well, which is why I was there, and I'm a close personal friend. But it was, it was uh, he raised <laughs> £20,000, which is pretty amazing. Yes. And I was relieved, because I thought, can you imagine? And imagine if I'd have been the one with the bad box. Oh, I think I've said before that Deal or No Deal, though, would be a better show if it was somebody sitting with a nuclear missile pointed at Kent. And if you didn't get it right, they took out Deal completely. <laughs> it's weird when people text you, Frank, when you're on, on telly, you get the text, don't you? You get saying, oh, just watching you. And I never know what to say because it's during... I never get texts anymore. Don't you? Oh, I, wait, I wait for them. I do a show. I have a new series start. <laughs> I think the text... Sometimes I think, well, I better put my phone off or they won't be able to sleep with all the texts coming in. <laughs> yeah. I get nothing. Oh, it's all gone a bit Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> it does, yeah. Frank is waiting for texts. <laughs> <laughs> And then it'll be me saying, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, perhaps, I, have I changed my number recently? <laughs> we all know. But no, I got one saying, nice dress. Was you it? looked, I must say, you looked beautiful. Oh, man. You did, you oh. looked great. It was, oh, you watched yeah, it I watched well. it, yeah. Oh, yeah, you did look great. Thank you, boys. I, you did have quite, you, did, you had quite a bad box. Mm. But you know, that was what, well, they teach you beforehand. You have do to go they? to box school when you go there. Shut up. There were you quite do. a few. There were quite a few people who struggled with the. Uh, well, they the gave us a weird yeah. technique, me included, which was mortifying. But I had Noel standing over me in that purple shirt, tucked in, and, really? and he was wearing the boutons. I noticed as well. Was he <laughs> mm, slightly raised? Yes, was he? <laughs> yeah. Well, God, he, God, he was close. <laughs> <laughs> if you could spot that. But Frank, they, te they take you to box school. So before you get... There's one of those runners who looks about 17. Yeah. And it's an industrial That's estate. That's because they'll be about 17. Yeah. It's an industrial estate in Bristol. Quite bleak. Oh, it's in Bristol? Is quite bleak house there. OK. I think Noel helicopters in and then goes straight off afterwards. He doesn't hang around. I always think of Bristol as a very nice city. This is quite a... Well, terrible, I did. I suppose they're... I no. did, up until the... But they come in and they say, right, they, we'll teach you how to open the box. They sent me literature before. Of course, they've stopped the slavery there now. We should point that out. <laughs> in case you've gone off. That put you off. They say... There was a list of rules. It said, don't laugh at the amount. Respect the box. <laughs> don't look inside others' boxes. Yes. Um, don't put rubbish near the box. And always hold your box open for at least ten seconds. Oh, okay. There were strict rules about that. Yeah. Okay. They taught us how. <laughs> it does. Oh. Surely this is a, this is the guidebook for the adult <laughs> film industry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great seeing the mental roller decks work. I know it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? Well, it was. Uh, I hadn't watched it for a long time because I I, I have a problem with the way randomness is regarded as a skill. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So people, you say, "Come on, you can do this for me." I want people to stop and say, "What can I do?" It's yeah. already in the yeah. box. 
It's true. But you do get you get carried away, and it was quite exciting, I must say. I got quite into it, and I did find myself... Why Why did I find myself... I think it's this cosmic ordering. I was oddly attracted to Noel. What is that, Frank? Well... <laughs> Is it the power? Because I don't has know. He changed. I mean, you know, he hasn't changed for years. Now. Yeah. yeah. Has he not let his beard grow a little higher than it used to be? Well, the, the colour's changed a bit. Let's yeah. be honest. No, but I, I was, think I was it's looking higher. at him, and he, he, it was something. That he sort of looked like Swiss Tony crossed with a Bee Gees. That it's, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not. He's not manicured um, so much his beard now. I think he's let it. He's let it go its own way a little bit on the upper cheek. Gone a bit mm. Peter the Wild and his yeah. facial hair. <laughs> and then Jonathan Ross had got a beard on the same show. I thought any minute now they're going to pass a can of tenant super lager to each other. <laughs> it did look a bit like that. But um, no, he's gone a little bit, I'd say Noel's gone a little bit rough and ready. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Another thing about Noel, I find, I'll be starting mm. a lot of sentences with that in the coming weeks. <laughs> yes. I've got mentionitis with Noel. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the swap shop thing has come back. I just, I can't quit him. Um, <laughs> I, he refers to you by name a lot. So he'll say, so Emily, Emily, this is big money. It's a big moment, Emily. What's going to happen, Emily? What is in your box, Emily? Oh, OK. I think that's part of his cosmic ordering. For thing. me, the highlight of the whole show is it, <laughs> the music started to go into the adverts and he turned to camera and he went, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, it's, no one says that anymore. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Well, there, there was a moment in the record, in the show that I wanted to ask about what it was like in, in real life where uh, when he... Uh, talked to the uh, the genuinely insane comedian Paul Chowdhury. Yes, he, uh, uh, and and Paul Chowdhury, it turned out, had been on Noel's house party. Well, how do you? Was that a hoax? No, he had. He genuinely okay. had, I think. Uh, and you could see on Noel's face that he was trying to work out whether he'd been unpleasant to him. Yes, he, uh, you know, Noel's an old pro. He recovered well there. I mm. think he played it safe. I think that was a genuine moment. I think he had been on Noel's house party. So I think Noel did the right thing. Yeah. What I want to know is, is there a banker? Yes, there is. There is a person. Because I asked to Jonathan. Well, Jonathan set me up with him. I'm going. I'm <laughs> no, going but I always think it's a bit like Sonny Hammond and Skippy. You know, <laughs> what's that skip? <laughs> Helicopter crack. I always think it's like that, and there is no banker. No, but there, there is, is a man. There is a person. There is a man. Yeah. I'm amazed that person hasn't been in, exposed yeah. in the papers and stuff. Well, to be fair, he hasn't done anything that. That no criminal activity. I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting he's on the tree. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I just. I'm surprised that he, we haven't seen an interview with the banker, as he's such a big part of the show. Maybe he's. Maybe he's the, he's the stick. He's a 1970s he TV a, producer. He's the stick. Is he really? What the shoulder bag? I believe so. Yeah. Hello, love. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> I think it is like the stick, though. We can't reveal too yeah. much about it. But anyway, well, well I'm glad you enjoyed it. I am, um, because I, I did a, a TV series a number of years ago with with uh, the comedians Greg Davis and Marit Larwood. Yes. Uh, uh, what was uh, the name of that TV series? It was called series? We Are Clang. Yes. Mm. And uh, when we were filming uh, some of the stuff on location, there was a young kid, uh, and I couldn't. I knew I'd seen him from somewhere, mm. uh, and I couldn't work out where I recognised him from. I was like, going, "Have you ever? Have we? Have you done stand up gigs?" And, and he didn't. He revealed it very grudgingly. Went, "Oh yeah, I was on Deal or No Deal." And as soon as he said that, I went, "Oh, I know exactly who you are. Your name is Errol, and you got." He, he got down his final two boxes. He got twenty grand and two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, and it was one of the most exciting things I'd ever seen. Where he, the, the banker, offered him a hundred and one thousand pounds. My goodness! And he, he, he no dealed, opened his box and got twenty grand. 
Oh. And he told me, and I'd remembered all that. So and, YouTube spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd remembered all this, and so he went, "Well, that's very impressive." And I, and I went, "And, and you're happy that you that you uh, took the twenty? That you ended up with just the twenty grand?" And he went, "Well, I'm an extra on your show, aren't I?" Yeah. Why would he be oh. happy that he'd done that? It was. It was. You know what? I was just. I was so excited to meet him that the que- my, well quest, my interviewing that's process. Incredible! You remembered all that. Well, he, he used to I'll do. Say, rhymes. Yeah, you were completely wrong about Frankel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that you're criticising Steve for his social interaction when you are the man that said to someone who'd recently split up with his wife, oh, well, every cloud, because he looked good. Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) you're right. But, you know, that is that you lose weight when a big relationship ends because you're upset, and that's God's way of getting you ready for the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we uh, go to... uh... Yes. I'm thinking maybe it's time for a new new corner jingle. A new jingle? Maybe. Carry on. Anyway. So, it's time for the next email. I think Steve should read it. Absolutely. We've had an email from uh, from Mikey, Um. uh, who said, Can I say I'm utterly delighted to find another person who has an obscure crush on Vince Cable? Oh, Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, Because this is is, um, Emily's... what, What is the phrase? Would but shouldn't. Yeah. Vince Cable, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, in case you're not aware of this. Do you still feel those feelings for him now that he's yes. now that he's joined the axis of evil? Yeah, I know. I, I, it will never change. I can't help how I feel. It's like oh, Noel Edmonds. It's like Liesl falling mm. for Rolf <laughs> in Sound of Music and then he, then he becomes a Nazi. It's not dissimilar. No. OK. Uh, so this, it, this person likes... Uh, and he, ca- he carries on. Mikey. Uh, I, I, I've always found my confession to be met with confusion, but Emily has confirmed my love. Then again, my obscure crush has moved totally to Alain de Botton. Oh, oh okay. I'm a fan of his as well. Uh, he, he then <laughs> says, if Emily's ever in Macclesfield, uh, <laughs> but he then corrects himself and says, don't worry, I've moved to London anyway. I'm not straight, so it'd be more of a bishop's move than a knight's move. Oh. Surely it'd be a, can you say a queen's He also move? says, which I like, <laughs> much love, darlings. Yeah. Mikey. I lo- oh, can I just so say, I love the sound of Mikey. I mean, so it turns out that um, Vince Cable appeals to... But he's, yeah. he's like a European adapter plug. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. This week... Mm. I wasn't the only one on telly. No, apparently. I was on uh, Sky News. Sky News weather, I heard. Well, I, I spoke to the uh, the weather lady. I was, I, I was going to say thanks for stealing my thunder. I got... Oh. Um, <laughs> It's <laughs> brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But um, Isabel Lang. That wasn't a question. <laughs> that's, a, that's her name. I don't know. You know, I've, I've met many uh, celebrities, but for some reason, when I was on Sky News, I thought, oh, God, that's, that's the person I watch over breakfast. <laughs> and it's because you don't see him on anything else. It's, mm. like a, it's like entering a secret world. Um, anyway, so I was... Um, I'm doing this show, right, with uh, oh, yeah. me and Joan Batewell. Oh, lovely. You know, I don't talk about my TV work, but I consider this, this, this is more like a social Could service. Could you thank her belatedly for letting us stay in her house briefly in 1981, <laughs> I think it was. Were you squatters? No, she'd let, we did, well, we sort of had nowhere to live, I think. Was that? Oh, OK. So she let us stay there for about a month when we got back from what a lovely house it yeah. was. Was, it, oh, was, it, was this post, post-Harold Pinter for her? Oh, we can't talk I about that. I don't know if to mention no. <laughs> Yes. I, 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 she, she's fessed up to that. Yes. 
Yeah. She has. Anyway, as you were. I think she started the uh, slogan, a pint up a person per day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, what with did, this you woman? Know, you know, you don't get many Harold Pinter jokes <laughs> on Absolute Radio. I've often no. said that. Not since not well, Francis left. I don't think I've done my bit. Now, um, so you're doing... It's the Portrait Artist of the Year. Do you know she's the first woman to, uh, to interview uh, Nelson Mandela after he came out of prison? Is that first right? First person, in fact. Wow. Wow. Yeah, quite a... Quite a thing. She looks great as well, still. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I don't, is what, what I think the subtext <laughs> of that is. <laughs> no, so anyway, the, the idea, I'm not, I'm not plugging the show, but it is a good thing. If anyone listens to this who, who, who does art, and I bet there are, mm. um, <laughs> do, a, do a send a self portrait to go look on the website at Sky, and you could be. Uh, I might do. We're it. looking for the portrait artist of the year, basically. So we could change someone's life completely. So honestly, if you paint. Have a go. Yeah. And if you say, put a note saying you listen to the show, I'll see if I can get you through to the quarterfinals. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but it made me think, I haven't, I'd, I'd like, I haven't done any art for ages. I used to love it at school. You know, when you're in your school, it's just something you do. And when yeah, you leave school, you don't even, even consider, I'll come back to this okay. because I want to know if you, if you guys do it. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were talking about art on Absolute Radio. Yeah. I, I tell you what I fancy doing. When I was at school, we used to do those things where you cover a balloon in papier mache and then burst the balloon, you cut it in half, you've got two masks to make. That's you handy. ever do that? I never did that. It's brilliant. I'm going to do uh, celebrity couples. <laughs> no, but I did do an oil painting of Henry VIII. Did you? Which I might, I might show you. Well, it started off so well. It was so promising. And then I got bored. You know what kids are like halfway <laughs> through? Yeah. So the Hampton Court is a fabulous realisation and the ermine on the cloak. Blah, and God. then I gave up. Then I just did a triangle nose and two black dots. <laughs> so it's all been let down by the balloon face. You probably started something uh, brilliant there. Though, that that, that mm. would look like it was a statement. Yeah. I'm going to bring it in to show you. Have I'd you, really like to see. Have you, do you have any artistic talent in that? I am the worst. No, I'm honestly, I'm, people always say to me, you can draw a bit, you can draw a bit. I can't. And I don't know what it is. I think there's too much self-expression. I don't want to give away too much of my story. Uh-huh. You see, your girlfriend, <laughs> Cathy, should be a professional artist. Yes. It, she, but she won't. She just won't. Well, you can, she you can lead a horse <laughs> to water. <laughs> um, have you, have and you, indeed to Lidl, as it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> but um, no, she won't. Uh, have you that. ever commissioned a, a, any art? I wanted Cathy to I once, um, sort of, I once drove a Skoda, this sounds like a joke, it's got a Skoda in it, but I would mm. never do a Skoda joke. Um, <laughs> I used to drive a Skoda and this guy wanted to buy it off me and he offered me, I think it was 500 quid, and he'd do a painting of me. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so um, that was the deal. Brilliant. And uh, I've still got the painting. It looks like Billy Idol, but it's, it's all right. It's all right, mm. the painting. It's not, it's not great. I, I, I got a woman... I've got no artistic talent, so I got a woman... I've, there's a photo of me and my dad being shown round the, uh, the Elstree Studios when I was a kid, and so it's me and my dad, and, and we meet in Kermit. Oh, uh, okay. And I look absolutely terrified. <laughs> and so I commissioned a woman, uh, a very, very good uh, uh, artist and author and journalist called Sean Pattenden, mm. did a... Did a and she gave me a, like a knockdown rate, so it's a photo. It's my favourite. My mum absolutely despises it. It's, it's a painting of you, your dad, and Kermit, and Kermit the Frog, based on based on a, a real life photograph. 
You'll probably and find that Jim, Jim Henson, you probably owe him, owe him a million in English <laughs> rights. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't interview Kermit as if it was a real person. No, no, I, I, I'm, aware, I'm aware Frank, of that. Frank too. won't tolerate that. He says so, it's unacceptable. It is. It's, it's <laughs> unacceptable. Mm. OK, well, we come uh, roughly to the end of the show. But if there is any um, artist listening, please enter that portrait thing for Sky Arts because um, I'm hoping that uh, it'll be someone who's new. Mm. who wins it. Steve, thanks again for coming. Cheers. It's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back this time, well, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again uh, this time next week. Happy Easter. Um, Doctor Who is 6.15, I think. CBC <laughs> one And now get out. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute.